What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. I am your host, Eric, the Duke of Sports Sklar. I am joined by my co-host, the one and only Mr. 360, Tyler Pacholke, and of course, co-host, producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. Before we start the show, thank you so much for listening, everyone. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us as well at The Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pacholke, and at Jacob Double Underscore Gonzalez. On this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show, Jacob is back and Tyler will be joining me on the phone. We are going to discuss everything going on in the NBA bubble now that the playoffs have started. We'll also discuss the Dodgers and Mariners who are in the midst of a four-game home-and-home series and we'll talk about the impact of both George Kittle and Travis Kelsey's contract extensions. All this and more on episode 154 of the TSK Show, coming up right now. Welcome get to the sports, kingdom sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 154 of the Sports Kingdom Show. I'm your host, Eric of the Duke of Sports Sklar. I'm joined by my co-host, Tyler Pacholke. How you doing, big guy? Fuck, man, I'm doing all right. I'm confused basketball-wise, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> you staying cool, I hope? It's been hot out there. You know, it's not too bad uh, where I'm at. It's not quite as bad as the Valley. Lucky you, because it was 106 I where I was today. See, it was 89. Wow. I was feeling good. I'm I, jealous. I felt good about it. I'm jealous. Yeah, I felt good about it. Not bad. All right, sitting across from me on the board, our co-host producer extraordinaire, Jacob Gonzalez. How are you, man? We missed you last week. Oh, man, I appreciate that. I know a family emergency came up, but uh, I'm here now. And, man, you're right. I hate the heat this week. Listen, I love the heat. I'd much rather it be oh, 100. no, I'd, no, no. I'd much rather it be nah. 100 degrees than anything under 75 but i mean it's been oh my god it's been, this is this has been no, hell no yeah it's 105 been, that's what i'm saying that it's it's been unbearable the last like uh, week here I, in the I, valley i was in sherman oaks yesterday and it was and it sucked right just it was unbearable i was just i can't i've I been trying to stay home, at work man. as long as i, I can yeah. work, work has the office has a great air conditioner dude the air conditioning has been and it's and it's been great. So I usually just stick around, you know, have a couple uh, uh, have a couple drinks in the office. <laughs> I'm spending. I'm definitely spending cash on this summer's AC bill for sure. I mean, hey, you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes. But you gotta you gotta survive. Exactly. Real quick though, I also have to mention it is still August, and Jacob was awarded. Employee of the month for the radio station we work at at KFI AM six forty for the month of August oh, twenty twenty. Yeah. So I wanted Thanks to recognize up, Jacob for that real quick. What oh, you- appreciate that, man. Congrats, dude. That's dope. I didn't think I was gonna win it. I honestly, right before they announced it on air, I was talking to an IT guy, and but like five minutes before that, I was talking to the producer of the show that I work with, the Gary and Shannon Show, and. 
we were just talking about, oh, who could win, you know, so on and so forth. And I was like, I really hope I don't win just because <laughs> I don't want to give a speech. And like, I'm not really about awards like that. And as soon as they announced it on air, I'm like, shit. Well, they, I hope yeah. No, no, that wasn't on air. No, you were very close. No, Jay, no Jay, Jacob's being modest. He he gets after it. He's a good guy. Yeah. <laughs> you deserve it, man. What did you What Congrats. did you win though for winning Actually, Employee was, of the Month? It was a couple prizes. So they gave me a card and a certificate. And in the card there was a hundred bucks. Oh wow! And then there was scratchers, which initially I, didn't I thought even know you won a hundred dollars cash. That's yeah, it was awesome. Hundred dollars cash. And then it was scratchers, which initially when I, I scratched them and was playing the games, I thought I won 60 bucks. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, 160 bucks. So I forgot to take that to cash it in maybe like five days after. And so I finally take it in, and it's only $20. I guess it was 60 what are you credits. Complaining about? But still, 20 bucks in more of my pocket. I can't complain. Uh, so it was that, a little trophy with like my name on it, and then um, a day off too. So they gave me a day off as oh, well. Oh, yeah. When's your day off? Just they said whenever I want. Oh, okay, that's cool. You know, pay day off too, yeah. so I'll I'll store that in the bank and use it when I want. Okay, okay, that's that's not bad. That's not bad. But yeah, honestly, like the prizes the were pretty good. You didn't you also yeah, get an on air promo? Oh, and then I got not just one. I got six. There's, they gave you six. There's six on air promos. Uh, shout out to the KFI imaging director Clay Rowe. Yes. who's great at what he does. He's amazing and at what he does. I, I could have recorded maybe one line and he would have made six of them regardless out of it. But <laughs> I just sat there, recorded with him for about twenty minutes roughly, and he just made he just honestly made magic happen with all the promos. He's so creative and they ran for I think they're they're still running right yeah, now. Yeah, they're running the yeah, whole month. They're still running for the whole month. Until some till somebody else dethrones me as employee of the month, which I already told him, please take it already. I still, I still hear them on my shift, so, yeah, I think they're running the whole month. It's weird when I hear them when I work because it's, it, I don't know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like a conceited thing where it's like, oh, I'm letting this run during the show that I, I run. <laughs> that's I don't know, so it's really funny. weird. All right, well, before we jump hey, in. Hey, man, that, hey, Jacob, that's dope, man. Don't, don't be shy about it. That's a big call. <laughs> well, cool, I man. am ineligible for Congrats. six months, so <laughs> it's okay. Yeah, but dope. I appreciate that's it, dope. though. Being the first one it was uh, was pretty cool, I bet. Yeah, honestly, that was pretty cool. I, initially, I think it hit me, and I was like, ah, oh, this is a pretty cool, you know, like, accomplishment, so I'll take it. Yeah. All right, before we jump into the first topic of the night, we have to remind you about probably the best coffee ever. This episode of the Sports Kingdom Show is sponsored by our friends at Campus Point Coffee. Campus Point Coffee was founded in 2019 by former UC Santa Barbara students, but due to COVID-19, they had to close their shop and go strictly online. TSK show listeners will get 15% off their purchase from Campus Point Coffee just by going to campuspointcoffee.com and entering the promo code TSK show. That's promo code TSK show for 15% off from campuspointcoffee.com. And they have a variety of different roasts to choose from. And even if coffee isn't really your thing, they have plenty of other merch like mugs, tumblers, t-shirts, and don't forget those tote bags all on campuspointcoffee.com. My dad starts every morning with the Deltopia medium roast, and he says there is no other way he'd rather start his day. Yeah, man, I'm on my second round of the Loop Espresso, and uh, honestly, I've been loving the mug just as much. And I've already finished my medium roast, and it's time for round two. You can support us while supporting a coffee that makes probably the best coffee ever, in addition to helping save the beaches. Campus Point Coffee takes a portion of their profits and organizes their own beach cleanups. So if you're a coffee lover or you want to rock some cool merch while helping save the beaches, just enter promo code TSKSHOW at checkout for 15% off your purchase from CampusPointCoffee.com. 
That's promo code TSK show for 15% off your purchase at campuspointcoffee.com. Come on, you're getting paid. Ask something. Final seconds. You take this and you burn it. Job's not finished. Job finished? I don't think so. So when you get done with this, you should be butt-ass naked. funny was it that espn posted that kevin garnett craig sager clip that oh, you used it. from the sounder a yeah, couple you, days yeah, ago yeah you tagged me on it on instagram and i started <laughs> laughing my ass off i hadn't yeah, seen it was, it was it was the anniversary right yeah it was and it was all about his yeah. suit yeah i yeah it was so okay. funny uh but all right it's the nba playoffs we're here boys we did it after a four-month layoff they just announced earlier today they had their fourth round, fourth consecutive round of zero positive t- tests in the bubble for all of the players that have been tested. So that is great news. Applause, applause to Adam Silver, everybody running the NBA, and the, the players for continuing to take the bubble seriously and continuing to, to keep everybody in there safe and not have any positive tests. But let's let's get into what's going on in the playoffs we got the jazz and the nuggets their series is tied at one and one donovan mitchell had 57 points in the first game but it was not enough the that game ended up going to overtime utah was then able to win their second game today behind donovan mitchell's 30 points to tie the series so that series like i said is at one one the Raptors are up 2-0 on the Brooklyn Nets. Toronto had their way with Brooklyn in game one. And then Brooklyn had a, played a better game today, but then they ended up losing the lead, and Toronto was able to come back, and they're up 2-0. Boston is also up 2-0 on Philadelphia. Gordon Hayward is out for the next four weeks for Boston with a, a severe ankle sprain but they were still able to win game one over the 76ers. And then Boston continued to roll even without Gordon Hayward to go up 2-0 after I believe it was a 27-point victory over the Philadelphia 76ers earlier today. Orlando, they were able to steal game one from Milwaukee, the number one seed in the East, just like they were able to steal the first game of their series with the number one seed Toronto Raptors last year. So that was a pretty interesting game for the 1-8 seed matchup in the East. Miami versus Indiana. I think game one went as expected. Victor Oladipo did get uh, hurt, and they're watching him day to day. I believe he uh, it was something with his eye, or or he got poked in the eye, something like that. He had to leave the game. But Miami is up one to nothing. I still think they end up winning that series. And then Houston, they're up 1-0 on the Oklahoma City Thunder. They were red hot from three in game one, but they were without Russell Westbrook, who was nursing a quad injury. So we don't know what his status is for game two tomorrow yet. And then currently the game going on right now in prime time, there's a minute 41 left to go in the second quarter. The Mavericks are up 53-48 to on the Clippers. 
in the first game of that series, the Clippers did win. Chris Epps Porzingis did get ejected on a questionable second technical foul. I don't know. Uh, we can we can get into that in a second uh, on whether we th- thought that ejection was warranted or not. But Luka, Luka Doncic set the record for most points in a playoff game for someone making their debut in the playoffs. Uh, and he had 42, but that wasn't enough for Dallas in game one against the Clippers. We'll deal with the Lakers and Blazers separately in a couple minutes, but I wanted to get your guys' initial thoughts on the other series is going on in the NBA. So, Tyler, what did you think of the first couple games here now that the NBA playoffs are here? Well, first of all, it was it felt real. You know, it felt like real life again. Yeah, that definitely. Was nice. uh, just having a game of basketball, I think, you know, traditionally – you know, this year it was a Monday, Tuesday, but traditionally Saturday, Sunday, that first Saturday, Sunday NBA playoffs, quadruple header. I mean, it, it's, to me, it's like March Madness-esque, you know. Uh, it's, it's in that realm. But, really? Uh, the whole bubble's I been was, like that? No, I mean, I mean, this week has been, so, it, I mean, exactly like March Madness. I mean, well, it's yeah. basketball all day. It's basketball all day, every day. Um and it's and it's good games. I mean, there hasn't been. I think the the most unfortunate matchup of anybody was Brooklyn getting Toronto because from all the teams that I've watched so far, they just look dialed in. I think it's it's just too much for a booking team that's kind of like thrown together to fight against. Um, Karis Levert's played amazing, uh, but yeah, man. I mean, it's been a it's it's been a it's been a good experience so far. I've enjoyed, I've seen almost every game and uh, they've all been really good for the most part. So if you were aside from the Lakers Blazers, who would you like, give me your predictions for series length for, for all these series. So we got the jazz, uh, okay, all right. we got the yeah, jazz so nuggets I mean, one, one right now. I think, I think the also with the Clippers real quick, cause I okay. think they're lucky that, that Porzingis got ejected. Um, this could be a seven-game series. I mean, they're they're, uh, you know, Kristaps and and Luca are not two guys I want to play right now. They're well coached. Um, I think the Clippers are going to end up edging it out, but uh, at the way this series is going, I think that's seven seven games. Uh, Utah and Denver to me was one of the more exciting series in all the playoffs. I liked both these teams. I actually think that I picked these teams to be the four or five seed or the three, four seed before the season started. So I was pretty high on both these teams. I like Denver to come out of this series purely because I think that they're playing better basketball right now. Mm -hmm. Although Utah has a ton of, you know, they got all the great gritty veterans like Conley and, and Gobert and those guys. And then of course, Donovan Mitchell is playing, playing great. Um, But the series of all the Western conference series, I, I mean, I'm so so excited to watch how this Houston Oklahoma City series works out just with Chris Paul playing against Houston, Russell and Harden against OKC. Although it was a close game for the most part, I think Houston kind of took off at the end. Um, Oklahoma City kind of stormed back, but ultimately I think Houston's going to get that series. And then what we got moving on to the East, I think, um, I, I just think without, without Ben Simmons, Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia doesn't really have a shot, so I like Boston in five. Uh, Toronto sweep. 
And then who? Uh, Bucks, man. The Bucks are an interesting team right now. They're playing. That was one. They're of not the, playing I good mean, basketball Lakers, at all. No. No, the, the the Lakers and the Bucks. To me, I gotta put some of it on coaching. I mean, they just didn't look ready to go, ready to fight, ready to sense of urgency is what my high school football coach would say. It's just mm-hmm. like you got to, you know, it's game time, it's playoffs. We got to win these games. We got to put these teams away. And both those teams let eight seeds kind of, you know, flirt around with these teams where they should, they shouldn't be even close. But um, I still like Milwaukee, honestly, to win that series. Uh, five games, maybe six, if they play like they did in game one. And then who am I missing? Oh, Pacers, Miami. Yeah. Um, Man, Old Depot going down. That was that was unfortunate because I think that changed the game. It was a really close game back and forth. And yeah. then I just I just don't think they had a shot once Old Depot went down. Jimmy Butler, you know, I'm very very high on him. I think he's arguably the most underrated superstar in the league. So I like Miami to maybe get out of this thing as the Eastern Conference champ. So interesting. Uh, I got Miami. I got Miami sweeping the Pacers, even though this is a really good Pacers team. Okay, Jacob. Uh, what were what were your first impressions of the first few playoff games, and then what are your predictions for series lengths for all the series besides the Lakers Blazers? So far, they've been pretty good. As far as the West, the one series that I was pretty interested in seeing was Houston and Oklahoma. Yeah. However, if the Rockets bench continues to shoot how they did in that game, it's over for OKC. <laughs> uh, but initially, if 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 they kind of level out, then I could see that series going to six. Now, the Denver-Utah series, I think that's a six-game uh, six series as well with Utah potentially edging that one. The one that's also interesting is Clippers and Dallas. I would want to pick Dallas, but it's so hard to go against yeah. George and, and the Clippers' depth, too, with Kawhi and everything. I think that's too tough. Um, so I can I see that love, going to six I or seven. That's I would love to see Dallas in, in like the Western I Conference or the semis, it. but I don't know if oh. they have enough. Which it's crazy because you mentioned Luca. You know, it's, this is only his second year, and him scoring was forty-two. Or yeah, that's that's great, and I would love to see him. You know, continue that run, but I don't know if he can get past the Clippers with the team that they have. As far as the East, though, the other games that stood out to me uh, for series, I think the most competitive one is going to be Miami and Indiana. But that's if they keep Oladipo. Yeah. Um, but still, I think that's a really good uh, competitive series. I think it's I think it's a pretty even matchup it is. too. It is. I like all their pieces and how they all match up against each other. So that's one series I've been keeping an eye on. The one series which I think is over already is is Philadelphia and Boston. I think Boston has this under wraps already. Philly does. They look dismantled. I've watched both of their games and they played horribly. And it's like Tyler said too. Yeah, with Ben Simmons, they're you know they're not a very good team. And he is the one who pushes them out in transition. But in the beginning of all this and of the season, too, this team looks scary, especially with the addition of Josh Richardson. Yeah. And it honestly, their team looks horrible. Philly, I mean, Tobias Harris had 18 and 11 today, and that's that's really good on any other night. But with Ben Simmons out, they need Tobias Harris to step up his scoring and be in the 23 yeah. to 25 range. And their bench was completely non-existent today. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't really like the way Philly's playing at all. Yeah, they're just not, they're not the same team without Ben Simmons. I mean, they need Ben Simmons to spark the offense. Um, Joel Embiid's great, but you know, even Shaq needed a guard to get him the ball. You know what I mean? It's just like you have to have some sort of threat out there, or 
your big guy's going to be neutralized. They're going to pack the paint. They don't have great shooting. I mean, Al Horford and Tobias are good shooters, but they're not like stretch, you know, scary to death type of guys. They don't have Redick anymore. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this Philly team just went from one game, one shot away from the finals to a first round exit. Yeah, and then the then the last team is Toronto, which the one point I want to make really quick is just that I think people forget of how good of a team they were even without Kawhi. They were just as good without Kawhi when he was taking those load management games. Oh yeah. Then when he was out on the court, I mean Pascal Siakam with the jump that he took last year and even the jump that he took this year, it's been incredible and Kyle Lowry's but it's all uh, their small guys too. It's yeah. uh, it's Fred Van Vliet and then um Norman Powell too. Those guys have stepped up and that is their bench OG now. Ananobi was missing last year and he's been huge for them this year. So I think really I think people forget about that yes, Kawhi was their superstar, but he wasn't the only one who got them there. There were other pieces, and Kyle Lowry on a given night is his own superstar. We always talked about yeah, you know, totally. him, him and DeRozan when they were paired up together, that one of them would disappear in the playoffs. Well, he's really stepped it up, and I think he's taken those past playoff experiences and really used them and say, hey, we got to all come together, and he's got to play better too. Yeah. Uh, real quick, before we get to Lakers Blazers, I'll just give my series length predictions for the first round. I tweeted this out at uh, 10, uh, 10.51 in the morning, uh, the first day of the playoffs. This was probably, I think, midway through the first quarter of the Denver-Utah game that kicked off the NBA playoffs. But uh, I had the Rockets in six, Denver in seven, the Clippers in five, the Bucks in five, Miami in six, Boston in five, and Toronto in five. So we'll see how that goes. And then now let's uh, let's get to the Blazers and the Lakers. And I can already see you rubbing your eyes and I'm mean, frustrated. It, it, it completely ruined my mood last night. The Lakers lost their first playoff game in seven years to the Blazers, 100 to 93. I'll start with the positives, and I think there's only one. And that is that the Lakers held the Blazers to only 100 points. The Blazers were averaging 126 points per game in the bubble as a team. And the Lakers held them to only 100. So that's definitely a positive And it shows the defensive game plan worked. The Lakers out-rebounded the Blazers as well, 55-50, to 50, which I thought was going to be uh, a key for the Lakers. Now, the negatives. First off. I was shocked the Lakers basically came out with no energy. After the first quarter, I I tweeted out, quote, the Lakers are playing with absolutely no energy while the Blazers are playing like an eight seed who had to fight their way into the playoffs by the skin of their teeth and wanted to prove they aren't your average eight seed. Hashtag SMH, hashtag Lake Show. But the biggest story of the bubble for the Lakers has been their lack of consistency shooting. The Lakers shot five for 32 from the three point range and only shot 64 and a half percent from the free throw line as a team last night against the Blazers in game one, the Lakers need to hit open shots. They went five of 27 on open to wide open threes last night. And they classify and define open to wide open as the closest defender is four to six feet away. So five of 27 on open to wide open threes last night and five of 32 overall. Now 
here comes LeBron James. I know LeBron had a triple-double, and he set a career high in assists, but his facilitator mentality is not going to win the Lakers' big games. I've said it a thousand times, and I'll say it a thousand more. It makes no sense why LeBron doesn't assert himself on offense more. He had 16 assists last night, and his shooters weren't making shots. Why are you still going out for assists at this point? If you see your shooters aren't making shots and you still consider yourself the GOAT and the best player in the world and all that stuff, prove it. He had 12 points halfway through the third quarter. He took five shots total in the fourth quarter. I'm sorry, that's inexcusable for LeBron James in a playoff game. Anthony Davis also needs to stop playing like he did when he was a 6'2 high school freshman point guard at Perspectives Charter School in Chicago. He needs to use his size, his quickness, his superior skill to his advantage against a slower Yusuf Nurkic. We keep saying it, but AD needs to play the five more because JaVale McGee has not been effective whatsoever in the bubble. Danny Green and KCP are literally getting paid to make three-pointers and defend. That's it. That's all they need to do. They did a decent job defending, but the shooting was atrocious, and it has been atrocious. Last night, they were combined 2 of 10 from 3, with Danny Green hitting both of them, and 4 of 21 from the field overall, with Danny Green hitting the two other shots besides the three-pointers. KCP was 0 of 9 last night in 29 minutes. I know Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith are not on the same level as Danny Green and KCP defensively, and we saw that in the seeding games. We It was clear. They, they weren't on the same level as them defensively. They weren't making the same type of defensive rotations. They weren't getting stops. But I don't understand how Dion only got one minute of play in garbage time and JR didn't even see the court at all. Like Tyler said when we were talking about the other series, he thinks some of the stuff with the Bucks and the Lakers has to do with coaching. If Vogel sees that everybody is struggling to shoot, why not give Dion or J.R. Smith a chance to get hot? And then lastly, I mean, Kyle Kuzma, I think he's earned his starting spot. He's shooting 41% from three. He's averaging 15.2 points per game in the bubble. I just think ultimately he plays a better game when he starts because he isn't forced to acclimate to the rhythm of the game that's already been established. If he starts, he's in the game when that rhythm gets established and he's already in the flow of it. Also, on defense, there was one play last night when he was guarding Yusuf Nurkic on the block and he did a great job of holding his ground and using the strength that he's built up during that layoff to, to hold his ground and not get pushed off the block by a much bigger and stronger Yusuf Nurkic. And then there was also a play where Kuzma jumped straight up with the offensive player and kept his hands up where in a similar scenario against Denver in the seeding games, Kuzma stepped up to take a charge, but it was ultimately called a block. And then there was a video that came out of Jared Dudley and LeBron James talking to Kuzma after that specific play where Dudley came out and said that he told Kuzma, instead of taking the charge, just jump straight up and keep your hands up and 
just don't get called for the foul. And Kuzma took that advice in this scenario and listened and applied it to the game and it worked. So I really like Kuzma's mentality in the bubble and what I'm seeing from him on the court. It's producing good minutes and productive minutes for the Lakers. So I think he's earned his starting spot. And overall, literally, if the Lakers just hit a few more threes and make a few more free throws, they win the game last night. So I know that was a lot, but I had to get it all off my chest because I was <laughs> very, very upset <laughs> last night. Well, I, I mean, I think I'm, I mean, take I think it away, guys. It from, I mean, I think a lot of it stems from you're, you're, you're uh, new to being a LeBron fan. I think you're waiting for LeBron to be something he's not going to. He's not going to be. He's not going to. He's not going to be that guy you're talking about. That he needs to do this. He needs to do that. And honestly, in my opinion, I don't think he needs to be. I mean, he's in year 17. He's a clear facilitator. Where the fuck is this Ann Davis guy that I hear? Kevin Garnett, Duncan. You know, I hear those kind of names when I hear this this comparison. He's no, you're right. Anthony Davis does need to step and, up. And I I think that this loss. I think. When I look at this loss, I, outside of the two free throws, Braun missed. I'm not. I'm used to LeBron. I think he did what he needed to do. Um, I think I'm looking at Ant Davis and Frank Vogel. I think the coaching decision at the end of the game, not the foul, was questionable. Yeah, that made like no sense said. to me. I think that, um, like you said, I just think that it was a clear coaching decision that he went with Crusoe, KCP, Danny Green guys have been on the Lakers over JR and Dion. I mean, that was, that was a clear coaching decision. And who knows, who knows if that, you know, that could have been the difference in the game. I think you got to throw JR out there with LeBron. Yeah. At least give uh, him a shot to get hot. Like they, why not? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I know. I mean, I'm, I'm right with the, I'm right there with you. I couldn't believe it. I mean, that whole game, I was waiting for both those guys to go in um, and it, and it just didn't happen. That's a, I mean, he, he clearly made this decision before the game. He was going with the guys. He was going with the guys that had been around. And, you know, JR and Dion were basically, uh, you know, bent, bench warmers that, you know, you'd bring in if it got into like a crazy scenario. Yeah, they're extra bodies um, just because you need to have a certain amount of guys dressed. I like to think that Volga's going to change that. Uh, I hope forward, so. I like to see it. You know, I like to see the fact that they only score 93 points. I think they will change that. And then, uh, yeah, man, I mean, as far as Kuzma goes, you, just, you can't start him unless they wants to play the five. And, and well, I don't you can't start JaVale happen. anymore. I mean, I think you can, though. I mean, I think you got to if, – if, if Ant doesn't want to play the five, you got to go with JaVale and Dwight, you know, just, just for chemistry, rotation – you know, comfortability wise, but, uh, or, or you got to move LeBron to point guard, which they're, I just don't think they're going to do. So, um, you know, I think really, I mean, I, I, I just, I think that, you know, if Vogel, if Vogel makes the correct adjustments with his rotation and, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'll give him the pass. I'm not fouling at the end of game one but if he does it again then it's just it like, was a five-point you know, game with a minute left to go though tyler that's inexcusable yeah, no, no, i mean i mean that's that's uncharacteristic from him it wasn't 
something that I saw. I mean, I was he he blew it. I mean, that's a that was a clear coaching decision that they they dropped the ball on. So I I look for the future for that not to happen. Uh, but I'm looking at Vogel. Vogel's got to he's got to get his rotation right. He's got to score points, and then Hank Davis. And we need Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett type of performances from Ant Davis or it's not worth it. You know, it wasn't worth it. You know, LeBron is in his 17th year. We got to stop looking at LeBron to want to go out there and say he's going to score 50. It's never I'm not happen. asking him to score 50, but he doesn't need to go out and get 16 assists, especially when his shooters aren't but, shooting but, well. Hey, man, whatever you're thinking in your head, it's not going to happen. Whatever you want, it's just not how he plays. He's never... I can remember talking to people about him needing to do this in 2006. You know, it's just not going to happen. He's the guy he is. He makes basketball plays based on the scenario. He doesn't put into effect the 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 time, you know, what how much time's left, what how many games in the playoffs are we? He's going to make the same play no matter what. Um and I think you just got to get past that and I think it's much. I think he did a good job in this game. It was much more outside of the two free throws. That was completely like him and Ant missing those two free throws. I think ultimately lost in the game. Yeah, they lost four. Uh, they missed four free throws in a row down the stretch. But to me, this is on Ant and Frank Vogel. Those are the two guys I'm, I'm looking at the most. Well, look, 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 LeBron, LeBron Damian being a facilitator, that's that's always going to be there. But him taking over games, we've seen him do it with Cleveland. Back in 15, when they went against the Warriors, and he didn't you mean have 16. Six, no, no, no. It was a six, 2016 no. was when they came back from 3-1. No, no, no. But 15, he didn't have Love or Kyrie. Right. Yeah. So that's the one I'm and talking about. Lost. And he, yeah, and they I, they I, I know they lost, but he had to put on a clinic to get them there. Well, that was the year they were talking about giving him Finals MVP. Even even though they lost. Even though they lost. Yeah. yeah. That's he, what I'm and, saying and is and that and he, and he he has the ability been. to take over the games. So. Yes, he's a facilitator. That's just what he likes to play his game as. But him taking over, that's more than possible. Um, as for the as I'm for the gonna... Lakers, though, the Lakers, I know this is just one game, but you also do have a lot of concerns coming out of this game. I, it, one, one is the shooting. Well, that's always going to be there. I'm surprised the lid has been on the basket this long. I'm, I'm very surprised at that. Because their issue before all this was shooting, and they went out and got shooters. And what's interesting is, is Kuzma even mentioned something that we talked about here on the TSK show about the depth perception in the gym. He said that's been helping him. So I'm very shocked. It hasn't been helping the other Lakers. I, 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 yeah, you can't speak. Yeah. You can't speak from one shooter to another. Uh, But I I really think that's going to be a key issue. Now, do they have nights like this every night? You would hope you would hope not, but you can't, it's, you but can't it's win, been like that though. You can't win basketball games in today's NBA by shooting five of thirty-two from three-point land. Yeah, they're the worst yeah. three-point shooting team, and especially if you're going up against the Blazers, that's not going to fly. And mind you, the Blazers—they didn't really have a really good game to begin with, too. Damian Lillard didn't have a very good game. He didn't he, score his p- first points in the second half until the fourth quarter. Exactly. So he had big and plays it, in the and fourth. It didn't matter. No, it didn't matter, it didn't. Tyler. You're 100 percent right. I think for this Lakers team, though, it you want to you want to blame it on coaches and, and stuff like that. And I honestly agree. I think it's time for a shakeup with the lineup. It, it's time to move Davis to that five. If you don't want to start Kuzma, which I think he should, if you don't want to start him, then maybe you should put in Markeith. You have to do something to this lineup because it's not working out right now. I think as a coach, you have to go to Anthony Davis and say, look. If you want to win basketball games, 
and you want to make your mark as a as a great Los Angeles Laker, you got to play the five. And then it becomes a question of who does Anthony Davis, the player, want to be, and what does he want his legacy to be in the NBA? And that's ultimately the conversation Anthony Davis has to have with himself in the mirror. Because let me tell you something. This Lakers team, they had the advantage this year amongst other teams. They had three seven-footers. That was an advantage. That's their biggest advantage. Mind you, that gets neutralized when you play the Blazers because they also have three seven-footers. But they were missing Zach Collins I, I know they were missing one, one of them. But still, to go up against Whiteside and Nurkic, those are two big guys. Yeah, and they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Yeah, they neutralized the, the Lakers' bigs, and they prevented LeBron from from getting to the hoop easily. Yeah, what the, what, what the Blazers did was they had everybody drop down in coverage and dare the Lakers to shoot, and they continued to shoot, which I give them credit for because, listen, you're not going to have the basketball go in if you're not going to shoot it, so you have to keep shooting. But what the Blazers did a great job at was dropping in coverage, clogging the paint, to take away the drives for the Lakers players to get to the basket. See, and the one issue I have with Davis is that he's non-existent in the fourth. He's great in quarters one, two, and three, but he disappears in the fourth. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see where he's at for come fourth quarter. It, yeah, he, he just didn't do enough, and and it's like, man, hey, it's tough playing with LeBron, man. Those threes, it's a it's a lot harder to shoot a three coming off of LeBron James fast than. Then the next guy, man, I mean, LeBron plays in big games. LeBron's searching a big-time legacy. And if you don't hit shots for him, it's on you. You know, it's not on LeBron. People are going to remember LeBron as the guy that they got it done. They're not going to, you know, it, it for the most part. And it's just like, you know, it, it's you got to get J.R. Dion. You got you to switch it up and see what's going to work because if you don't shoot the three ball well with LeBron James, you're going to lose. And they'll, yeah. lose to the Den- they'll lose to the Portland team. And, and the Portland and, team's up, but they're not fucking around. And it's funny, to Eric's point, it's that with LeBron trying to rack up the assists and your shooters aren't making shots, there was numerous times that I went during this game and I was watching it, there was so many miscue on passes with LeBron. Even if it wasn't just to a shooter, it was to somebody cutting, somebody on the block. Well, I think also some of that is on the other players because I remember one pass distinctly where LeBron had it on the block and he tried to whip it around behind, not really behind him, but to the side of him to Markeith Morris, who was on the other side of the block. Yeah, and he didn't see it coming. Markeith didn't see it coming at all. I put that on Markeith because he's got to be ready knowing LeBron is wants to make that type of pass. So Markeith just has to have his hands ready and he's got to know that that ball is coming. It's not e- it's it's not easy playing with LeBron, man. Nebulize the crown. Um, they're gonna have a lot of uphill battles, but this Portland team was definitely a worst case scenario for them, anyways. Yeah, but I mean, listen. At the end of the day, I'm expecting a very different result tomorrow night for Game Two, or the Lakers are gonna be in big trouble being down 2-0 and not having home court advantage in these first two games. I think at least in the first game, is definitely having an effect on the playoffs because we see Milwaukee losing to Orlando and then the Lakers losing to Portland. If those two games are in Milwaukee and Los Angeles, respectively, I think those two games go a completely different way. And and for the Lakers, if you want to win this next game, I think you have to fix these three flaws. One, LeBron does have to be a scorer. You can facilitate, but he needs to score more. Two, 
they really need to give this lineup a, a, a shakeup of some sort. And your shooters, that's three, have to knock down shots. They do all those, they're in good they're in good shape. I couldn't agree more. LeBron's not gonna score more, man. <laughs> I hate I hate that I've been watching this guy a long time. I remember, you know, it's just he, that's who he is. You know, it's tough to watch because you want him to, you know, you want him to take over. You want him to be Damian Lillard, but exactly, I, it's really, but, you guys, you, it's but but it's that's not, a scary part about the Blazers. His, it's not his time, man. This is the Ant's time. Ant's the Ant should be the premier player. LeBron is 30, 36 years old. It's just like you know, Ant is in the prime. We talk about this guy when we talk about Hall of Famers and we talk about Ant being arguably the best player in the league, best player in the world. You know, it's, it's his time. He needs to, he needs to be the one that puts the ball in the hole. And he shot a horrible field goal percentage. He just got to the line and some free throws. Well, and that's been one of the most consistent parts of the Lakers offense is Anthony Davis drawing fouls and shooting free throws. At no, least in the bubble. Good. He's, he's got a, he's the one that needs to come out. And want forty, you know, it's it's not LeBron. You gotta, that's not gonna, it's it's a not gonna happen, and b it's just that's not really what you want. You want LeBron to do what he did and get triple doubles and facilitate the win, and you want Aunt Davis to get you there. I I mean I don't I don't disagree with that either, but I just I think with who LeBron is and the type of pressure he puts on himself and the type of legacy that he, I think that he wants to leave. It's like, he's, he's got to like this. If they don't win the championship this year, this is their best. I think this is their best chance to win a championship with LeBron James. Like this uh, year. See, he, he'll lose this championship before it changes the type of player he is. And, and ultimately I think, you know, I'm honestly on the side of the fence where I feel like this is going to be, this is a harder road than usual because I think the the home you know the home court advantage being the one seed for LeBron James sleeping in his own bed I think typically this would be easier for them. Well, but that's why I don't uh, think this year should have a asterisk then. Well, it's not, it's an asterisk in the sense that it's just like it's kind of a thrown together season. Uh, no, I it's not. It's a continuation of the the regular season. Well, I feel like, that, but not every player got to participate in this. Not every team got to participate in this. Sixteen team makes sixteen teams. Teams made the playoffs, though. That's the regular eight but, from the west, eight from the all, east. But, but not all thirty teams played the same season. I mean, all thirty teams had a different season. That you know, um, you know how I feel about the bubble. I just, I know, I, I don't see that. I don't see this as the. I think this is like a different thing. This is like a tournament, you know. Teams are built differently, and there's going to be teams that are built better for a bubble than teams that aren't. And I think teams like Milwaukee and Los Angeles are definitely paying the price for playing in the bubble versus a typical playoff scenario where they have home court advantage. Oh, yeah, totally. I think it, I mean, there was no incentive for the Lakers to get the first but, but, seed. But I guess. I guess my point is it being harder on the Lakers doesn't necessarily mean that it doesn't deserve an asterisk because some teams, I think it helps them. You know what I mean? I think that it's the hot teams like, uh, like Portland, it helps their scenario. So in that sense, I think it's more, you know, like it's, it's more, you know, if it was a regular scenario, Portland 
probably wouldn't be thriving quite as much. Well, I just I just find it so funny that Portland was the only team to vote against this NBA restart plan. They were the only team. They thought that that there there was a better way to do it. They I think they wanted like twenty teams instead of twenty two, something like that. I don't know. It's ironic for sure. But all right, so we gave our predictions for all the other series. Real quick, Tyler, how many games does this series go, and who wins? Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to have to pull it out in six. I think they're definitely going to like have to lose one more trying to figure out how to put this team away, but eventually they will. Jacob? Well, that's that, this is a tough one. If they don't get their, their, their crap together, I think it's going to be over in six for the Blazers. But if things go in their favor, I think they could put it away in six as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, I wouldn't be surprised if this series went six or seven, but when the Blazers won... That playing game against the Grizzlies, I tweeted it out, making my prediction, and and it was a bold stance. I'm gonna stick to it. I'm saying I'm I'm sticking Lakers in five. I think they're gonna win the next four straight. It, it's 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 I mean, funny because I heard a lot of people say that Blazers have the momentum going into the series because of how they had been playing previously, even before the playing game. But then I've also heard people say. They're going to be exhausted because Dame's doing all the work. That was my that was my thinking coming into Game One. It doesn't seem like he's really tired though. <laughs> people people like Damian Lillard don't get exhausted. Yeah, Dame, Dame's a whole different yeah. animal. I'm more, I, I I think the I, fatigue I, I, factor I was more everybody else on the team. I understand, you know, getting beat up before you have to go to the playoffs, but man, that's, he's built for this. I mean, they essentially had to play an eight game playoff series just to get into the playoffs. Well. But anyway, all right, enough uh, playoffs talk. The the bubbles, or the bubbles, the NBA bubble decided to uh, give out bubble awards. So uh, I have the the winners of the awards. It was only a couple awards. It was a player of the bubble, coach of the bubble, and uh, the first and second team of the bubble. Uh, the player of the bubble was Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, the coach of the bubble, was Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns. Phoenix obviously went 8-0 in the bubble, but it ultimately meant nothing. And then first team uh, all bubble was Denver uh, Denver Booker. Devin Booker, can't talk. Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns. Luka Doncic of the Dallas Mavericks. Damian Lillard of the, the Portland Trail Blazers. James Harden of the Houston Rockets. And TJ Warren of the Indiana Pacers. All Bubbles' second team was Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks, Kawhi Leonard of the L.A. Clippers, Kristaps Porzingis of the Dallas Mavericks, and Karis LeVert of the Brooklyn Nets, and Michael Porter Jr. of the Denver Nuggets. So, are we all we're good with all these? I mean, I think these are these are all pretty well deserved. Um, yeah, what accomplishments. I, yeah, what I like about them too is that they didn't limit them. Uh, to positions, yeah, they just which said, is cool. They just said, "Here's the best ten players." Yeah, here's here's the you know the five best players for the first team, and here's the next five. That's why I think the All NBA really first, second, be like and that. third team should be in general. Nah, because you still want to, you still want to reward. I mean, it's just that that position, you know, being a guard, you just so much is on you, but you still want to reward the best players at other positions. Yeah, I, I mean, guess you know you 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 don't want the all pro NFL team to be all quarterbacks just because the best eleven players are quarterbacks. 
Yeah, and it's, you like, know, it's like, it's, well, I think with basketball, it's, it's a little bit different because it's kind of becoming a positionless game in a sense. Yeah, but I, I think it what is, Tyler's saying sure, is, like, but... you want to – you want to be able to say like listen like i'm a i'm the first team all nba center or i'm the all nba first team power yeah. forward to be like yeah, i'm the top same. player at my position well then hey you shouldn't play like a guard if you're 7 feet tall <laughs> tell that to anthony davis um but that's you know that's it's just like the same scenario it's like you know the fullbacks want the position back in the all pro because they're like hey i'm the fullback i want to know who's the best of my, you know, position in in the world, especially and, now and that, right, you know, especially now that the all NBA first team, second team, third team, and all of that have contract implications now. So it's like players use that as negotiating tools. Yeah, and it's like you know, you really should be compared to your position rather than compared to all players. I mean, you can't compare a point guard and a power forward. It's, it just doesn't work. Yeah. But no, I think you know, point, uh, uh, you know the 15th best point guard is probably better than the eighth best power forward because of just how important the position is to basketball. So yeah, but like I mean, just just some names that that stand out uh, on the first and second team here. I'm I'm looking at it like I'm happy for guys like T.J. Warren, Karis LeVert, and Michael Porter Jr. getting this type of recognition during these eight games because they were important for their teams and really made game changing, like game changing plays during these eight games to get their, their teams into the playoffs. I mean, Karis Levert was basically the star of Brooklyn without Kyrie and KD being in the bubble. And then TJ Warren obviously got off to the hot start, uh, dropping like 50 plus no one had him as the first player to score 50 in the bubble. And then Michael Porter jr. Obviously we, have been following him here closely on the TSK show, but not a lot of people knew about him nationally because he'd been injured to start his career. And now he, he got the opportunity to play in the bubble and he is proving why he was a top recruit in high school and why he was a lottery pick by, by the Denver nuggets, even though he did slip a little bit more than he probably should have if he didn't get hurt. But I mean, I'm happy for guys like TJ Warren, Karis Levert, and Michael Porter Jr. getting this kind of recognition. Yeah, and Book, man. I mean, oh yeah, I, I mean, mean Devin yeah, Booker they, too, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he yeah, easily all, could have been MVP. Yep, all those guys. I think they did a good job with the awards. So. I think he would have gotten MVP had the Blazers been knocked out and the oh, Suns would have sure. made it. He would have easily gotten it. Yeah, for sure. Despite the way Dame played in the last couple games, I think he still would have gotten it had they made it to the playoffs. Yeah. All right. Now that the regular season is over they don't announce the awards until after the the postseason is over they used to announce them every couple weeks leading up to playoffs yeah like in in the playoffs i I thought that was really cool because the the mvp usually got to accept the trophy at a home playoff game in like the second round so i always thought that was like a cool moment for for the player and then the fans obviously to cheer on that mvp for that season but um I figured since the regular season is over, we should give our predictions now, uh, even though they don't get announced until after the finals. But remember, the the regular season awards this year are only counting up to when the season got suspended. So it's, it's going to be pretty interesting to see how all of this shakes out uh, when the season is over. But all right, let's give our predictions. I I got the MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, Sixth Man, 
most improved coach and executive. And then Jacob, I know you have the finalists for everybody. So why don't you uh, tell everybody who the finalists are for MVP and then we'll give our predictions and then we'll move on to the next one. All right. So for the MVP, we have Giannis, James Harden, and LeBron James. Tyler, who's your prediction for MVP? Uh, my prediction, Braun, my vote's Giannis. Interesting. My prediction is Giannis, and my vote is Braun. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> See, I'm going with Tyler. Uh, my vote would be for Giannis, but I think James is going to get it. Okay. Uh, defensive player of the year, who are the finalists? So defensive player of the year, it's Giannis again, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. Tyler, does Rudy isn't Gobert it, make it three it? in a row? I think he does, man. This really? This is a tough one. Wow. But ultimately, I think they're just going to – yeah, I think they're going to go with Rudy. But, yeah, but He's he's the anchor of that team. Is that because he played the he's ultimate – He's an anchor, man. Is that because he played the ultimate defense against the coronavirus in the NBA? He, that might have to be honestly, it. I, honestly, I don't know when the voting happened, but I think that will hurt him, if anything. You know, I think that if the voting happened after that event, they might not vote for him just out of spite. <laughs> So I mean, I was more like, making a joke, but no, but I mean, I think I, I, I definitely think that, you know, that's <laughs> well, like he's got my vote for sure. You're rooting for Rudy Gobert that, too. I mean, I, I would vote for him. Jesus Christ. Guys, yeah, I'd vote for Gobert. I would vote, I'd vote for Gobert, but I'm not going to be surprised if he doesn't win it. If, okay. So if Rudy Gobert doesn't win it, who wins it, Tyler? See, man, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can. Man, you know it's it's tough. I, I like my God wants to say Ant, but man, Giannis is is also also just like a devastating defender. So uh, it's this one to me was really tough. It'd be crazy if Giannis won both awards. I don't think he would, but or will this year? Michael but Jordan did that. He'd be in. It's, it's a pretty good category if if he could pull it off this year. Listen, in my opinion. You're going with Davis. Of course I am. If Anthony Davis doesn't win this award. (laughs) After he just criticized him. (laughs) But we're talking about regular season here. I'm just giving you shit. (laughs) I just think. If AD doesn't win, this award is rigged. He was the best defensive player this year. It's just because he said that he wanted it. I mean, I just, I truly don't believe that when I watch Anthony Davis, I'm just like, God damn, this guy just, you can't score on him. You know, that's not. I say those kind of things with Rudy and even Giannis, but man, I just don't know. If, I feel like Ant's more just like he was put in people's heads. I don't know, man. I I've been just being able to watch him every game this year, and like I knew he was a good defender in New Orleans, and I knew because of his size and length that he he has the ability to affect shots the way not a lot of other people do. But seeing it up close and personal this year in the Lakers, I was just so impressed. I don't know. But anyway, I mean, do we need to even talk about Rookie of the Year? Who are the finalists? So finalists are John Morant, Kendrick Nunn, and Zion Williamson. Okay, at least Kendrick Nunn got a got a finalist. He did. But, I mean, it's it's yeah, I mean, it's Jaw. I think it's a clear it case that sure. it's Jaw. He, he was technically two games away from a playoff berth. So, I think you got to give it to him. Know, no, I mean, the Pelicans, I mean, that was some of the worst basketball I've seen from them. We'll get to the Pelicans in a minute. They're, I mean, so, yeah, they're I got to go with Joe. 
Yeah, I mean, it's, he's gonna win. Uh, I mean, I think it's obvious he's gonna win it. Yeah. All right, sixth man of the year. Who who are the finalists? Oh, this one's pretty hard for me when I had to decide. So it's Montrezl Harrell, Dennis Schroeder, and Lou Williams. Okay. So two Clippers, one Thunder. Tyler, what's your prediction? I mean, I think I just think Schroeder is gonna get it because yep. the other two cancel each other out. Yeah, they take votes away from each other. Yeah, it's just too tough. So. Schroeder, uh, I mean, Schroeder has think, my vote. Ultimately, I think, yeah, ultimately, I think Lou Will is the one. I mean, ultimately, I think I'd vote for Lou Will. But, uh, you know, because I think the Clippers need him to make shots down the stretch. But uh, I think Schroeder's going to win. Yeah, yeah. Sh- Schroeder has my vote, but I ultimately think Williams is going to win this. So you don't think – I mean – Yeah, they, Harrell, take, they, take, they take votes from each other, but I still think Williams – It's not going to be enough. Yeah, I still think Williams wins this. That's fair. But I'm still voting for Schroeder. Yeah. All right. Most improved. Who are the finalists? So it's Bam Adebayo, Luka Doncic, and Brandon Ingram. And Luka even came out and said that he shouldn't have been in this and that and it should, should be Devontae Graham that's who from I the said. Hornets. I, I personally think it should be Devontae Graham in this. But he wasn't on the ballot. so Unfortunately, he's not. This is another hard one for me, too. It was six man and most improved. They were two pretty hard lists to choose from. I think this one's obvious, man. I yeah. think Bam all the way. You think it's Bam? I think Bam, no, not even a question. Look at how good this Miami team is, how how good of a step they made. I mean, Jimmy, basically everyone was like, the only good player they have is Jimmy. You know? Yeah. And they well, came were all three of them all-stars? And, and yeah. No, nah, was Bam an all-star? Yeah, he was. Was he? Bam was yeah, an all-star. It's, it's, it's just, uh, I think Bam just took a monster step this year, similar to like Siakam last year, where he stepped into like the second role star, the second star role. Okay. Uh, Jacob, who who are you voting for? Or who? what's your prediction and who, or who would you vote for? I think prediction is Bam wins, but Ingram would have my vote. See, I think Brandon Ingram's going to win, and he also gets my vote. But, I mean, I think Brandon Ingram's going to win, but the argument against Brandon Ingram and also the argument against Luka is you can't give a number two overall pick most improved. He's doing what he was supposed to do. But but I think it's just the jump that you make. Exactly. In terms of the trajectory that Brandon Ingram's career had, you look at what he was doing in L.A. even before LeBron got there. And then now you look at what he's doing in New Orleans, that jump and just the eye test of what you see in Brandon Ingram, it's two different players now. Nah, hell no. Nah. He's still not a threat to me. <laughs> you just he hate just him because he's a dookie. He, he, just gets, he gets as many shots up as he wants. I feel like he's just got to make them, he's just got to play the minutes. The stats are going to be there. I don't know. I'm not sold on him. I don't think he's a takeover stud player. I think Bam's a, a premier talent as a big guy rolling to the hoop and blocking shots. I completely agree with that. Bam Adebayo is one of the future great big men of this league if he continues on this path. But the, the man, the Heat are a weird organization now, man. They just stay quiet doing their thing. It's Pat Riley, I mean, man. Pat Riley. He's got the juice. All right. No, it's just like man, Spolstra's still there. No one ever talks about Spolstra. They're always in the playoff hunt. There's you a know, reason Spolstra is one of the only. Coaches in the, in the NBA with a ring. 
I mean, yeah, I, I know yeah. LeBron gets more credit for that, but I mean, listen, Spolster had to deal with all those guys. That that says a lot in the, itself. The fact that Spolster's still around, it's like if he was just there for that time, he'd be like, oh yeah, Spolster was just like the big three coach. But no, he's not. He's the Miami coach. Yeah, for sure. All right, coach of the year. All right, so for coach of the year, it's Mike Budenholzer of the Bucks, Billy Donovan of the Thunder, Nick Nurse of the Raptors. Oh, okay. Oh, you didn't expect Nurse on there? No, I was giving it to Frank Vogel. <laughs> I mean, listen. No, nurse, nurse is up there, man. I mean, but I think this is just a no-brainer, Billy Donovan. Yeah, yeah. you, you got to go with him. The, the year that the Thunder had, I think, speaks for itself. You can give a lot of this credit to Chris Paul and the players, but I think the coaching is ultimately what got him there. Yeah, Coach Coach Scott Fields, who was on uh, last week's episode, and if you missed that, definitely go check it out. It was a, a great interview, uh, a lot of insight provided by Coach Scott Fields. He said uh, that he thinks Nick Nurse should be the coach of the year. And, I mean, I, it's hard to argue Nick Nurse's case either, even compared to Billy Donovan's. I mean, look at what Toronto was expected to do without Kawhi and look what he's done with them. So, I mean, all those coaches, I don't think you can really go wrong with either one of them. I don't think Budenholzer gets it because I'm pretty sure he won it last year. So See, I don't understand Budenholzer being a finalist. Yeah. You know, just, I mean, he's where his team was expected to be. You know? Exactly. So... All right, and then I had executive of the year written down. I don't know if you guys had a prediction for that. Tyler, you got one? Yeah, I got one. What is it? I don't got one. Damn it. You got me. <laughs> Jacob. I, I, no, I, I, did not, I did not prepare an executive. Do they have finalists for the awards? I don't think they have a finalist, but I just know it's an award yeah. they give out. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. Typically, I'd be ready, but. I'm not ready. Jacob? There's no clear there, There's no clear cut to me. There's a very clear cut one to me. Oh, that's, t- uh, you know, that's classic. <laughs> I we'll, mean, see how the first round, we'll see how the first round goes. First. But that's not based on the regular season awards aren't based on the playoffs. I mean, Rob Palenka traded yeah, for Anthony Davis. That's a generational yeah, talent. Uh, first place in the yeah, Western Conference. That's That seems like executive of the year to me. So far, it's been a generational regular season talent, which, in my experience in L.A., is not enough. You, hey, you ain't wrong about that. So, no, but, I mean, in, in, all, in all, you know, real, I, I couldn't think, you know, L, one of the L.A. guys got to be it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Just, 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 just bringing in, you know, Braun, or just bringing in guys like Ann Kawhi, um, that's just, it's got to be one of those guys. Makes sense. Jacob? Honestly, I hate to go against both of those, but I still think it's Danny Ainge from the Celtics. For what? Sitting on those draft picks I, for six, seven years look, still? Look, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I think he's put together a great team over the years, and I still think he's done a great job this Danny year. Danny Ainge I'm, is one I'm of sorry. the most overrated hate, general managers. Look, I hate to say because he's a Celtic. That's hilarious. But I'm, I, but I'm sorry. Okay, maybe I was a little brash with the overrated i mean danny, danny <laughs> no, no, is a great he's executive. a great executive <laughs> he's a great executive that but... celtics team missed the playoffs once but when they when their big three dismantled once but the fact that he is just still sitting on all of those picks thinking that something is gonna come 
Hey, that's what the business is. It's trades and gambles, man. He, so sh- he should have used them to get Anthony Davis. He he really should have. But I think from the free what, agents what? he's been he's been able to acquire. Yeah, maybe they're not the biggest names, but he's picked up some mid level free agents and he's built his team up through the draft. That's why I think he still is a good executive and the executive of the year. Danny Ainge is a stud executive. He's just gonna get <laughs> look. I, I just want to point I mean, this you know, out really he quick. Do too much, you know, like. You, you want to say sit on picks, but, man, there's people that make bad trades out there. You know what I'm saying? Like, he don't do too much. He makes good moves or he makes no moves. No, you're right. You know, he, he, they're, they're, always in, they're always in contention. They got one of the best young wing combos in the league. They picked up Kemba Smart. Kemba, Kemba Smart. Kemba Walker. <laughs> and uh, in free agency, you know, they did. They did. They did the day. Yeah. See, the the last point I want to say about him is that he he got two young guys in Tatum and Brown. That's your future right now, and they played great. You've seen this yeah, this Boston oh, yeah. series against Philadelphia. Yeah. It's it's a wrap for Philly. So that's why I'm I'm hey, going with him. I'm sorry. Chill. Okay. Okay. Hate to go with him. He's a Celtic. I know. All right. I said we would get to New Orleans in a second, and it's, it's the last thing we'll talk about basketball wise. Uh, the Pelicans, they fired Alvin Gentry. He was with the team for, I believe, five years. Uh, but ultimately, I think him getting fired, he was set up for failure this year, in my opinion. I mean, with Zion getting hurt first off and not being ready to start the season, that already derailed their entire plan. And then Zion comes back, is healthy, COVID hits, season gets suspended. Four months later, season starts back up. Everybody should be healthy. Zion comes in looking out of shape, and we don't really know what happened. And then the the front office says that Zion's going to be on a minutes restriction in the bubble. So that already handcuffs Alvin Gentry even more. What, I mean, what the hell? Like, what's happening in new orleans i think ultimately the front office like they just need an ownership group that's not connected to the saints they need somebody who's going to focus solely on basketball and be all in for that and not have anything else with another professional sports organization going on i don't think the i don't think it's that bad i think I think that the first of all, it's a cold world for coaches. Yeah, it is a cold world for coaches. People be getting fired off of Coach of the Year years, you know. And I think that ultimately he got fired purely because of Zion. I don't think if if they, you know, Zion, if Zion played the whole season, I think they're in the playoff picture no matter what. If Zion comes in healthy to the bubble, they, you know, they had a nice path laid out for them to get. Into a play, they game. had it tailor made for think, them. I think that uh, I think this all rests on Zion. I mean, Zion's such an enigma, such a like you know, such a crazy personality, and just a huge megastar in the making. That there's a lot of pressure and bullshit that comes along with that. And because Zion wasn't ready, because Zion was hurt, um, I think he ultimately he got fired. I think that if Zion plays that whole year, it's a different team. It's a different record. So I think you got the shit in the stick on that one. I think the Pelicans organization, it's not as messed up as you think it is. 
But I do agree with Sklar, though. They do have to get better ownership because you you start putting too many hands in there or people not focused on the right thing, you're going to have a season like this. Things are going to fall through the cracks. Ownership and, focus does not it does, but like what could an owner have done? No, you know, I'm, I'm, well you can hire the right people, but I'm that's saying, first. But, but it's like you got the right roster, you got the right team. I just think know, they have fo- I just opinion, think they have football people running the basketball organization and it's just that's not that's not the right They're on the they're on the cusp though, man. They weren't horrible this year. No, they, they weren't just, horrible, but you know, Zion was hurt. Zion was, you know, I, I I just really think it was like, man, this this franchise is really ready to pop, ready to win games. Well, they're they're you in know, a very. I, I don't see it as an ownership thing. You know, I see it just as a Zion getting him on the court. You built, you know, you got all these young guys built around Zion. It's amazing. I just think that. Um... New Orleans is in a very interesting scenario. They have to they have to deal with Brandon Ingram's contract this year because he's getting ready to to qualify for the qualifying offer for the, that max contract. Now that his rookie year is coming, uh, rookie deal is coming to an end. They don't like what's going to happen with Drew Holiday. Do they trade him? Uh, like they they there's a lot of question marks surrounding the Pelicans only because. Only because they're not in the playoffs, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, if they're at the playoffs, it's like we're all gravy. Yeah. You know, they're, they're a couple wins away. Um, they definitely got to make some moves, but I don't think this franchise is, man, I think, if anything, this franchise is, like, set in the best direction. I wouldn't have fired my coach because I think I would have had the wherewithal to understand the, the situation with Zion was kind of the driving factor down the wins and losses, but. They got a bunch of young talent. You got, I mean, you got to let Drew go. You know, when it, you got to trade him or let him go. Yeah. When you got guys like Brandon Ingram coming. Well, out. yeah, he doesn't fit. I feel like with this team, especially with Lonzo they, being the point guard. Even Ooh. even if he does, it's just like you got to pay Lonzo. You got to pay Brandon. You got to eventually pay Zion. Jackson then, Hayes. You, know, you got guys. You got guys like Jackson Hayes and Josh Hart and Nikhil Alexander Walker. You got some young pieces that you want to keep around it's you know i i just don't think drew for his what he's worth he's worth more you know so i think that they can get rid of him save the money and get the production out of the younger players yeah so all right real quick who, who do we think should replace alvin gentry this is man i don't even i haven't even begun thinking about that kind of stuff i don't even know well the rumors are that Ty Lue and jason kidd are the front runners i would definitely take jason kidd just because i'm not really sure about what Ty Lue brings as far as an identity like i think jason kidd will bring an identity to this team and he'd be like this is how i would run this motherfucker you know this is if i was a point guard for this team this is how i would do it and i think that's a better direction than whatever Ty Lue brings Yeah. Jacob, who do you think uh, should replace Alvin well, Gentry? I have two, and they're neither of those two people. Oh, interesting. Okay, cool. So the first one is I have Mark Jackson, if he were to leave broadcasting. Interesting. Which I think he would be great for this team. You saw what he did with the Warriors before they were championship contenders. And then the other one would be Davis, David Fitzdale. Ooh. I, I know he had a rough start with the Grizzlies, and he did get the shit end of the stick with the Knicks, but I think he deserves a fresh start, though. Okay, I'm I'm cool sure. with either of those sure. names. 
I think that'd be a win. Either one of those guys. Yeah. Now, all right, real quick before we move on to the next topic, I just want to give an update. The Mavericks are up ninety-eight to eighty-five with eleven minutes and thirty-seven seconds left in the fourth quarter in game two of their series. So all right, let's uh let's hit the diamond. talk about what's happening on the diamond this segment of the sports kingdom show is sponsored by jay diamond estates for all your real estate needs here in the los angeles area contact jacob diamond at 818-451-8539 or you can check out his website jdiamondestates.com dre number 02068311 all right the dodgers and the mariners la and seattle it's perfect for our show really uh, they're in the midst of a four-game home-and-home series where they played the first two games in L.A., and then tonight and tomorrow are in Seattle. Currently, the Seattle Mariners are up 5-3 to three on the Dodgers. The Dodgers are 18-7, and seven, sitting in first place in their division, while the Mariners are 7-18 and 18 and are last in their division. The first game was an offensive explosion with the Dodgers winning 11 to 9 and then yesterday was a pitcher's duel with the Dodgers winning 2 to 1. Now, the big story off the diamond with this series is obviously these two teams are intertwined because of the Seeger brothers. Corey plays for the Dodgers. And Kyle plays for the Mariners, and it was it was cool to see uh, them in the first game of the series. Both of them hit home runs for their teams, and I just I always find it cool whenever the the Mariners and Dodgers get to play each other. It doesn't happen too often, but uh, whenever Kyle and Corey go up against each other, I think it's just it's always fun, and I find it so cool when you have members of the same family who end up playing professionally either with or against each other. So in honor of that, I thought it would be fun to put together a list of 10 famous brothers that have played professionally in sports. So I have a list of 10 groups of brothers in sports, and I wanted to see how many from this list you guys can name. So I'm going to start it out. Yeah, Tyler, go first. Just because I feel like the LA influence, and I love this set of brothers, they're kind of underrated though. But uh, 
LA kids, no doubt. Ballers, we just talked about in the holidays. Yeah, the holidays are on my list. Drew, Justin, oh, yeah. and Aaron. So they were they were the third brothers that I had thought of. I literally just the first ten I thought of that was my list. So the Campbell 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 Hall is in Sherman Oaks or, or Studio City. Yep, yep. Studio, yeah. See, there you go, baby. So yeah, the holidays were number three on my list. So Jacob, who do you got? Is the Antetokounmpo brothers on there? No, I did not think of the Antetokounmpo brothers. Them. Well, there's three of them. There's technically four. There's, there's four. one in high school. Yeah, but there's three that play in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, damn, I did not think of the Antetokounmpo brothers. That's that's good on right, you, Jacob. Like the, oh, there's like number the eleven. Story of all the brothers. Yeah. All right, Tyler, you got another guess? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the uh, the Bosa brothers football. Yes, Joey and Nick Bosa are on my list. They are number nine. Maybe the most talented of all the brothers, honestly. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Right, right, right there. All right. Did we go all time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is all time. Okay, so they're they're not all time. But <laughs> active, <laughs> active, active right now though. They're, they 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 got to be close. Yeah, definitely. Jacob, you got another guess? All right, I'm gonna go with football two, the McCordy twins. No, I did not have the McCordy twins on my list. Mm. That's a good. That's a good poll. Hey. Jacob's getting you right now. Yeah, no, yeah, these are good. Hey, that's number eleven and twelve. Tyler, what do you got? I think, I think, I think if you're going all the time, uh, goat status, it's it's the one and only Manning. Yep, they were number one on my list. Peyton, Peyton and Eli. Yeah, yeah, I mean, no one's touching that, man. <laughs> Jacob, you got another one for me that I didn't have. Ooh, let's see. Uh, Stephen Curry and Seth Curry. I did have them on my right. list. That is finally get one. They were number five. Tyler? Uh, all right. I got to go with my dog, the Pouncy Brothers. Oh, the Pouncy Brothers were not on my list. That's a good one, though. All right. All right. I got to think bigger. This is all time. <laughs> all right. Let's stay with basketball. I also, mm-hmm. I also just realized I'm going to give one away. I also just realized I wrote down Jim and John Harbaugh twice. I'll see. So one of mine could have been number, <laughs> yeah. you know, whatever that was. Damn it. All right, That's so, a good one. So sticking with basketball, Mark and Pau Gasol. Yes, they were number two on my list. The, the Gasol brothers are a good one. Uh, man, brothers, I you know, I don't know if they're they're good enough to make the list, but the the Griffin brothers, the Griffin twins, <laughs> Taylor Griffin, Taylor <laughs> Griffin, Blake and Taylor no, Griffin. No, 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 no. The Griffin twins from the CLC. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Shaquem and Sha- uh, Shaquille. Wow. Yes, sir. I did not think. Wow. I did not put Those the Griffin brothers. Boys, that, that's funny because when I said that, I, I, had, I did not think about Blake and Taylor at all. That's so funny. <laughs> okay. Well, um, so I have, I, for some reason, Jim and John Harbaugh twice on my list, but. I had, so you got like the Watt, the Watts, and the Gronks. I didn't have the Gronks. I had the, the Watts. Watts. Yeah. I had all, I had all three Watts. I had the Chandler brothers, Arthur Chandler and John. That's a big one. That's that. That's a good one right there. Yeah. Um. Then I also had the Ball brothers, of course, Lonzo, Leangelo, and Lamelo. I, I, I was waiting for you to say that one. That's so funny. I that one never even crossed my mind. That's so funny. That's hilarious. And then uh, Jacob got Steph and Seth Curry, and Tyler, you got Joey and Nick Bosa. 
No, no Lopez twins on there. No, I didn't have the Lopez, not even twins, the Lopez on there. twins made the list. This was literally all those, just who came to my mind first. So those weak ass, those weak ass wear twins from <laughs> it was Danford. Modern, modern day. But I mean, for baseball, we could have gone uh, the Upton brothers, Justin and uh, or Melvin and BJ, or and I think their cousin is Justin. Um. And we could have had a whole family segment on on sports. We could uh, Yadier, uh, Benji, and oh, who's the other Molina brother? Yadier, Benji, right. and the Seekers are a dope one though because they're like both in their prime right now on the West Coast. That's a sick one. Yeah. Of course, the Mariners have the nerdy looking one. <laughs> so, who was the other Molina brother, Jacob? So it's Benji Molina and Yadier Molina. There wasn't a third? No, I think there's only two. Shout oh, there is there is three. We got the Barry brothers. You know, we got Brent and Drew Barry and John Barry. Oh, yeah, the Barry brothers uh, got, is good. Uh, Jose Molina. Yes, thank you. Jose Molina. Yeah, shout out the Seattle, the Seattle legends, Logic and Roderick Stewart. Oh yeah, uh, one of them ended up going to uh, USC actually, but um, they were like a top five high school team in the country. Same year as LeBron. Yeah, but all right, I just I wanted to, to do that fun little game in honor of the Seager brothers and the Dodgers and the Mariners playing this uh, four game home and home. The, the Pacholki brothers and Shelton High School football. Shout out Nico. But all right, let's uh let's hit the gridiron. I'm just about that action, boss. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. That's why we took the damn field. I'm just here so I won't get fired. Great cash, homie. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. That's as good an effort as I've ever seen in my life from a running back. Don't you ever talk about me. Wilson. Toward the end zone. The hold is down. The kick clears the line. And Greg Zerline sends the Rams to the Super Bowl! Are you kidding me? Seattle's going to the Super Bowl! It's my quarterback. All right, last sport of the night. Uh, I think it's always fun when we get to hit all three sports. I know we don't talk about hockey. Because, uh... (laughs) But uh, all right, let's talk some football. Um, we had hard knocks. Oh wait, actually, before we get into hard knocks, I know Tyler wanted to give an update on the TSK Show Fantasy Football League. So Tyler, take it away. No, oh, man, it was just uh, you know just opened it back up. It was tough to talk with all the guys about just kind of getting excited about uh, you know the draft coming up, the season coming up. It makes life feel a little bit more normal. Um, but yeah, we're up and running. We got the full twelve teams, and uh, any any day now we're gonna get our draft order once the keepers are locked in. And when do when do keepers time. need to be locked in by? I forget. Well, keepers need to be locked in by September first. But um, okay, so I, I still got some time. That, I told the guys that they lock if everybody locks them in earlier than that, then I'll do the draft order whenever. You know, I'll yeah. Once you get the them in, order once everybody's in. Okay, cool. Well, I'm excited. I mean, fantasy football, like, 
conversations. Literally, you texted the group, Tyler, about uh, keepers and figuring out a day for the draft and all of that. You texted me that day, and then literally my two other leagues all on the same day texted me about, like, hey, if there's a season, we're still doing it, are you down kind of thing. And I'm just like, yeah, sign me up. So. I think um, I'm almost more excited for fantasy than I am real football. Yeah, definitely. Because it feels more realistic. I don't know why, but I'm just, I'm stoked. Yeah. But all right, hard knocks. We're two weeks in, and this is the first year that they are doing two teams in one season. They're covering the Rams and the Chargers this season, so I thought it would be appropriate to talk about it here on the show since they're covering the two L.A. teams. And overall, I just I find it really interesting having like getting to see like all of the protocols and the daily testing that the teams have to go through. And it's it's cool to see that peek behind the curtain since we we really haven't seen what other leagues are doing for their athletes at a capacity like this, except for when a player in like the NBA bubble will post that he's getting tested, like then he's sitting in like a chair kind of thing. But like the, the access that the hard knocks cameras got to, to see all of the protocols that the teams are, are having to go through. I just, I thought it was really fascinating to see how much the NFL is doing to really try and make sure the season does happen, even though they aren't, in a bubble yeah testing every day that's i mean that was pretty eye-opening that you know they're they're being that you know i don't even know intense about it i mean it, it definitely is a good thing i think so far has worked out but uh it, it, it's been cool for hard knocks to kind of get that peak you know thank god they did two teams this year because there's not a ton of there's just not a lot of action in hard knocks like there has been in years past. It would have been hard to you know, stretch content with one team. Exactly. So um, it has, you know, they've made the most of what they can do. And I think, you know, like you said, it's been a good peek behind the curtain. Um, and that's been the best part about it. Jacob, what have you, what have you thought about hard knocks? I think it was a little bit weird seeing it that a lot of it started with zoom calls and stuff like that, Skype calls or whatever. And a lot of it was online, but I do think that it's great that you get two teams out of it and you get two great coaches with Anthony Lynn and Sean McVay. Two great personalities as coaches. And honestly, that's the best thing that you could ask for in a hard knocks is to get those kind of guys coaching wise as like the stars, you know, of the show. Yeah. Hey, he, he just elbowed up, man. Uh, at coaching the Chargers, that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> you think man, Anthony dude, Lynn he, is he, Idris Elba doppelganger? Dude, he reminds it's not even it's like way more than doppelganger. Like, he has that voice too though. Dude, he does. He's just got that it's like a raspy voice. I'm just like I just kept joking. I'm like, damn, I did not know Idris was coaching the Chargers this year. That's so funny. I mean, it would have been yeah. interesting to see what Idris Elba would have done when that tight end walked in being like, Are you fucking kidding me? Why did I just get cut? kind of thing. He probably wouldn't have had as good of a reaction to no. it as Anthony Lynn did, but uh, and then the other thing, dude, uh, McVeigh. I'm like, I'm just like a complete believer that McVeigh, he's the one that's got the juice. Not yeah, he's God. a he's a football nut, man. I just, I think that he's the real deal. I think that they over over committed on golf because of you know they basically had to, you know, spend a number one pick on him, and then 
getting to the Super Bowl, but I truly do believe that was more McVay's juice um, than yeah. Goff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just the fact that McVay was innovative enough to literally build the indoor meeting rooms outdoors to help better mitigate not getting COVID. Have you seen how massive that tent is? I mean, and it's it holds a great all, idea. And it holds all of them. It's a great idea. I, I, I think that both those coaches are really smart in the sense that they're attacking COVID just as much as they would attack an opponent. Well, Anthony Lynn had it. It, it, it. Because, it, well, and it truly is. It's like you need to I, – I don't care if you're the best football team in the world. If, if you got a bunch of players to go down with COVID and they can't play, it don't matter. So, truly, how you handle COVID, I think, is going to matter in how you win games this season. And I also believe that, you know, with no preseason – you know, you're going to need th- – these veterans are going to be a much bigger part of the team. And there's going to be teams that are going to do well those first four or five weeks of the year that maybe we weren't expecting due to how they've handled COVID. Yeah, I mean, the players have to hold each other accountable. And, and teams with veterans that are willing to go out on a limb and really be vocal and hold other players accountable that they think would put other players on the team at risk those are are the teams that are probably going to succeed. And then on the other aspect with undrafted guys and rookies, it's going to be very interesting to see what undrafted rookies or late round draft picks can make a name for themselves without preseason games. And it was, it was highlighted in the second episode because they, they did a little feature on Austin Eckler because he made his name because of preseason games and what he was able to do with the reps he was given in training camp and in the preseason. So I'm very interested to see what like bubble guys or maybe um, I don't want to say not as talented, but guys that wouldn't normally make the roster. Yeah. Bubble guys. I think it's going to come down to, you know, there's going to definitely be some, some guys that get, and it just, it's, it's unfortunate because they're not going to get the opportunity to shine. Yeah. They normally would. And there's going to be a lot of players cut that should make the team. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, just a couple other moments from episode two that I, I thought were pretty interesting were Andrew Whitworth's story uh, on how him and his family had contracted COVID because their nanny had gone out to lunch with a friend and it was really interesting that Andrew Whitworth was like, this virus doesn't care about anybody. And I think all three of us and the listeners, they know that by now, but it's like Andrew Whitworth said, it's, it's not like our nanny made a bad decision. She just went to go have lunch with a friend kind of thing. So it's, I thought it was, I thought it was, it was really, uh, it was really big of him to say that, Totally, you know, I thought that was really cool. That, was that just that one sentence. Yeah. You know, I, you know, my, my, you didn't, you didn't do anything wrong. I mean, people are trying to figure this shit out. Right. You exactly. Know, we're living in a, we're living in a crazy world. She went out to lunch with friends, you know, um, she didn't do anything wrong, but it, it, that's just the world we're living in right now. But that goes into the, the choices these players are going to have to make and keeping themselves accountable with the decisions that they make 
once the season starts because they don't want to to miss out on any games or have the season get suspended like the NBA did. Yeah, man, I thought I thought a good example of that was uh, the cornhole game. It seems like the players are really taking it serious. I mean, you hear them saying like, "Don't you know? Don't touch my bag." Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, they're taking it serious. Like, if they get, they're like, "I'm not trying to get fucking sick." Like, if I get sick, I'm I'm gonna miss out on money and play time, and you know, it could change my career. Well, so, and, uh, yeah, I thought I thought I feel like they're taking it serious, which is good. And then we got to see how the Chargers dealt with in real time. Rex Ryan's son Seth, who's a coach for the Chargers, he had con- contracted COVID during this training camp, during the filming of Hard Knocks, and so we got to see how the Chargers dealt with that. So I thought that was really interesting to see as well. Yeah, no, it was cool. That was a cool story in general. Cool yeah, me, uh, I didn't know he even existed. Yeah, I mean Seth, Seth Ryan, Rex Ryan's son. He he's got a cool story. I mean he's been f- shadowing his walk-on dad since he was 12 years old, and that, then he, like Tyler was just about to say, he was a walk-on football player at Clemson, I believe, won yeah. a national title there, and then after being a walk-on national champion at Clemson, just immediately started coaching in the NFL. Jeez, big time, big time. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, Hard Knocks, I'm excited for it. We're two weeks in. I'm, I'm a big Hard Knocks fan in general, uh, especially now that the, the Rams are on it for the second time since they've been in L.A. Um, but it's, it's going to be really interesting. I think Tyler hit the nail on the head. They had to do two teams this year because of COVID and no preseason games and just not having to stretch content out to where it gets boring. Yeah, I really wish, though, it was we got the full thing, you know, the full version of it. Unfortunately, we can't. Yeah. But, all right, the next uh, the next topic on the list, I didn't have in the rundown on purpose, uh, but we have to talk about Seattle Seahawks undrafted rookie cornerback Kama Sivaran g- getting cut for sneaking a girl into the team bubble hotel, and he tried to disguise the girl as a Seahawks player, as a way to not get caught. So, Tyler, what are your thoughts? I just feel so proud. I just feel so proud. I just, I'm so happy that my organization made it to the top of the mountain. And we don't have to put up with those shit. I mean, it's just like, yo, you're not with us, you're out. I mean, we got our team. We're ready to roll. Uh, Super Bowl bound. It, you know, nobody's bigger than the team. Uh, that's what I, that's what I see when I see this. I just see some, yeah, he was a young, young corner that we, you know, we had hopes in, but he's done. I mean, you, you, you mess up around us. We, we don't need it. We're, we're, we got bigger things in mind. Uh, it just shows you where organizations at being able to just cut ties with anybody, um, and not have to give people, you know, we don't have to put up with shit. You know, you can go to Cleveland Browns. If you want a second shot. (laughs) Well, and just, I mean, in the times that we're in, it's like, he's got to know that's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, and then you try and dress her up as a football player. Like what you think that someone's going to think that she's Jadavion Clowney or, uh, well, I mean, Jadavion's not, not there, but you get what I mean. I thought she was dressed up as like a worker, like a staff member. Oh, I mean, I'm, I think it was, 
I don't know. I, I heard way, a player, was, member of the organization, lapse, who knows? It was a huge lapse in judgment. I mean, he fucked up, and he should have known better. Uh, but from a Seahawks fan's perspective, that's what I saw is just like, hey, it's a different day here in Seattle. We don't got to do, deal with this shit. Yeah, and listen, I mean, good on the Seahawks, too. It's like you can't be doing this during these times, and it, it sends a message to the entire locker room that – if you break one of these COVID protocols, you're gone. Like, it's it's pretty simple. Yeah, I mean, I'll take even if you're a star. I mean, even if you're Shaquille Griffin, KD Wright, Jamal Adams, you bring in a girl, you're fucked. You're going to get in trouble. You know, you may not get kicked off the team like he did, but you're going to be facing severe punishment because the Seahawks are bigger than, like, any single man. And this COVID shit's no joke. You know, if you don't take it seriously – like we just said, you're gonna you're gonna miss out some you know, your star player is gonna miss out on some games, you're gonna lose some games because of that. It's gonna be the healthiest team who handles COVID the best. So uh I I mean it was a funny scenario and I'm I'm glad that the Seahawks could kind of just kind of flex their muscle as far as getting his or organization and not put up with anything. Totally. But all right, let's let's hit the last topic of the night. Uh Travis Kelsey and George Kittle. George Kittle signed a record five-year, $75 million contract extend, uh, well, just a contract with the San Francisco 49ers, including an $18 million signing bonus, $40 million guaranteed, and an average annual salary of $15 million. And then Travis Kelsey signed a four-year, $57.25 million contract extension with the Kansas City Chiefs, including a $28 million guaranteed with an average annual salary of $14.31 million. I just got to know where did Kansas city get all of this money from and really just what do these contracts mean for the next generation of tight ends? I mean, these two guys are obviously, I think the, well, the top two at their position in the league right now. Yeah, man, I think it look, you know, Kansas city is all in on those guys. I don't think they got a lot of long-term talent tied up. So, uh, I mean, those are the two guys are paying for sure. But as far as tight ends go, I mean, Tight ends are just so freaking valuable that if you get a good one, you got to pay them. So in the sense of future tight ends, I think if you're, you know, if you're one of these talented type of guys, you're going to get paid for sure. Yeah. And uh, we it started with, it, I think it started with Rob, Rob Gronkowski and Aaron Hernandez when the Patriots were rolling with two tight ends and, and whooping everybody's ass and it's carried on to these type of guys. Yeah, totally. And I think with, I mean, we know with the NFL, everybody wants to be the next guy to get that contract because you set the market for everybody else. And so this is obviously what George Kittle and Travis Kelsey are doing for that next generation of tight ends that are going to be coming up for their uh, extensions. Once their rookie deals are done. They're definitely worth the money, man. I mean, totally. I think tight tight ends pay is only going to go up. I think they'll be closer to like, you know, these, these sexy, like, star-wide receiver type of players, um, that's where their pay is going to go because they do more. Yeah. I mean, they're just – they're football players. They have the they have the, the catching ability of Julio and Odell. They and run, they the catch, and they ability. block. Yeah. Um, so they're, they're, they're just such a diverse player in nature. And then, you know, the current NFL game style is kind of adapting to them that – they're going to be similar to like a point forward where 
they're going to be paid big time. I think they're going to end up being a really, really, really high-valued position. It's kind of weird because I don't think anybody saw that coming. I think, no, these contracts are great for both of them. And honestly, Tyler said it best. The reason why they're getting these these contracts for this amount is because of their consistency. Yeah, the receivers are always going to be flashy, and it's 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 great to see one catch, you know, uh, a deep pass. But at the end of the day, these guys put up consistent numbers for their teams. And at times, I feel like you may forget, um, with Kansas City at least, you may forget about Kelsey every now and then because you have Watkins and you have Hill. Obviously, Mahomes there. But these this is one important guy, same thing like Kittle. These yeah. are two important guys to that rotation. The Niners and the Chiefs aren't the same teams without no George Kittle and Travis Kelsey doing what they do for their teams. They make everything else, they make everybody's jobs easier. I mean, it's just, you know, we used to think that the wide receivers on the outside made everything easier for the tight ends on the inside. But it turns out it can be the opposite of that. You know, the, the good tight ends on the inside can just open up everything on the outside and um, there's just a massive nightmare in the, in the, you know, the third down passing game and the red zone and uh, tight ends features, man. I, I think you're going to see a lot of people try to move to that position. Yep. All right. Uh, you guys got a shout out before we get out of here? Yeah, I'm going to shout out to Seattle Storm real quick, WNBA. Yes, sir. Uh, off the bat, uh, a couple times, uh, I think two-time WNBA champion, maybe three, but uh, for sure two-time WNBA champ in Seattle. Off to the best start in franchise history, 11 and 1. Um, rolling, baby. I don't have one this week. Damn it, Jacob. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> well, I got uh, two real quick, so I'll make up for Jacob. I'm going to shout out Kuz, Kyle Kuzma, real quick for just being ready to go in his first playoff game. I'm just, I'm proud of the way he handled himself out there. It's, uh, it's been a long ride for Kuz, and he's, he's experienced a lot in his short NBA career being a Los Angeles Laker, but I'm, I'm happy with how he performed in his first playoff game. He, he, he did well. And then the second one real quick is I just got to shout out Trevor Bauer. Oh, Adam, what are you doing? You want some quick analysis on what happened to the Clippers tonight? Oh, let's hear it. Oh, please, because they're down yeah, 10 let's right hear now. It. This is uh, Adam Oslin, host of the FNA podcast and the host of the pre and post game show for the Los Angeles Clippers on AM 570 LA Sports. It was a two point game with 233 left in the third quarter, and Trey Burke goes off, and all of a sudden, there's a 13 to 2 run by the Dallas Mavericks, and they're up 13 going into the fourth. That was it. Luca wasn't even on the court during that time. That was the game. Plus, PG getting three fouls in the first quarter. Come on, how are you going to get in rhythm with that? Hey, you forgot about what Trey Burke can do at Michigan. Well, I know he can get a good block. Thank you, Adam. <laughs> well, the Clippers are down one twenty yeah, to they're in trouble right now, <laughs> with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter. So that'll that'll be that. Um, but like I was saying, I'm going to shout out Trevor Bauer real quick. He had these really awesome cleats that said "Free Joe Kelly" and had the the picture of Joe Kelly's pouty face on them but then the MLB threatened him with a suspension if he were to wear them in the game and so he did not but the cleats were dope but all right don't forget this episode of the sports kingdom show is sponsored by campus point coffee support us support a company that makes probably the best coffee ever and is trying to help save the beaches just by entering promo code tsk show at checkout that's promo code tsk show 
for 15% off your purchase at campuspointcoffee.com. With that, that wraps up this episode of the Sports Kingdom Show. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you decide to listen to the Sports Kingdom Show so you can stay up to date on the newest episodes of the show. Don't forget to follow at TSK Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Follow all of us at the Duke of Sports, at Tyler Pachulki, and at Jacob double underscore Gonzalez. We appreciate you all so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode of the TSK Show. Peace.